There are now two separate polling agencies, Gallup and Pew, who report that the trust Americans have in, well, let's say traditional drive-by media is at the lowest point in history. 11% of Americans have even decent trust in television news. And this can sound like a great thing because for years, the dominant media has lied through the propaganda of silence and bias and worse, they're participators. They're participators in rigging elections and they brag about it. This is great news if we will leap into the vacuum. Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. We get to do this because of partnerships, partnerships with major media who does the selling for the program. Greenhaven Interactive, my friend Dave the Digital does the digital stuff. My friend Julie Barrett, Conservative Ladies of Washington does the social stuff. And then partnerships with companies like Soda Weight Loss at sodaweightloss.com who came to us and said, we want to meet your audience because of the sort of people with whom we want to do business. It's sodaweightloss.com. Thank you guys. Yeah, Ken, uh, sometimes media bias is, you know, it's old school, old hat in talk radio. You know, you have a slow news day. Hey, let's make fun of the media. Let's go to newsbusters.com. And those are fun days. Because hypocrisy is a funny thing when it is just so astounding and out in your face. And particularly for people who try to live with principles and try to live with honesty and consistency in what we say and do. You know, when hypocrisy abounds and it is unavoidable, it's hilarious. And later this week, we're going to talk about immigration and illegal immigration. What's that doing and where the numbers are at and why it's a purposeful thing and and how we square that with the biblical fact that we're called on to be kind to sojourners and to treat foreigners uh, as neighbors. So how do we square those things biblically? And we'll talk about that because it can be really hard unless you really read the Bible, in which case it's pretty clear. And the hint on this is they have responsibilities as well. The sojourners, the foreigners also have responsibilities in that relationship. But sometimes it's funny to the point of pain. And somewhere along the line, and I think it was in the past 10 years, bias became not enough. It wasn't enough to, um, to twist stories uh, or to lie in stories. They became this industry that we talked about earlier this week. I think it was yesterday. We talked about the propaganda of silence. And it is a monumental human rights crime that the media has participated, fully, actively, consciously participated in covering up the deaths that are being caused by these injections. That's decision. That, that it is a decision of, of a magnitude of, that would be like ignoring the Nazi death camp, you know, murders. 
Um, and of course, the media to some degree ignores that when communists do that. You know, they still ignore Stalin's crimes and, and they gloss over Mao Zedong's, but it would be like ignoring it purposely, except it's going to affect a lot more people and, and kill a lot more people. Not, not to say that World War II was not a monumentally you know, evil time. It was. But sometimes the media and what they do now is just full. It's, it's participatory. And it's having a result. 11% of U.S. adults now say they have a great deal or quite a lot of, of confidence in television news. And 16% in newspapers. Now, they deserve this. And Republicans have far less trust in media than Democrats to this day. And this is part of an era where people pick their media sources, given their point of view and, and that you get bias confirmation and emotional confirmation. So there's a lot to this, but there's also the fact that you can only for so long dress up um, teleprompter dolls and present them as news readers. And only so often, so many times can you get away with stating something that is materially untrue and have people not notice it and continue to not change your story. And that's what's happening in media. And we just talked about Pew earlier this week. This is Gallup. Now, this is fantastic news. If we will, if, if we will jump into this vacuum that's being created, because other people will jump into the vacuum. And when I say we, I mean with the word of God as the basis. In a nation that has no, no biblical foundation, none. If you have a biblical worldview and it is informed by Bible study, and in my judgment, it is led by a biblical pastor who themselves are led by, himself is led by elders who hold him to account, and they all recognize that the Lord Jesus is the king of the church, then you can have a biblical worldview and the foundation to stand against these lies. If church is a 1.1 time per month affair or less than that, and you pick the Bible up every so often, and but you watch some videos about it, then you cannot have a biblical worldview. So we could leap into this and say, oh man, more conservative podcasts, that'll get it. Yeah, you know what? Ben Shapiro provides some fantastic fact unless it's related to the injections, in which case he's a fanboy. Uh, Dan Bongino is a super passionate guy and to some degree is all over the injections. And those are very valuable channels and we would be in a world of hurt without it. I increasingly am disappointed in, in Sean Hannity as related to the Ukraine situation. And we would be in a world of hurt without the work that Hannity has done, who happens to be one of the nicest guys in the business. None of this is about criticizing those guys. But it's about saying we have a truth vacuum. Who invented truth? Who is truth? So we need to ground ourselves in biblical fact and a biblical worldview and do what the Jesus Christ asked us to do before he left this earth, which is to make disciples. Because disciple making will get us people who have the ultimate filter for nonsense. And it doesn't always have to be that heavy. Some of it is actually still to this day entertaining. And there's also a method on how to become a mockingbird media darling. So I want to go through all of that, the respect for the media that's dying and that's good. And how do we leap into this so that it's not just good to watch them crash, 
But how do we leap in and rescue people with the ultimate truth so they can have the, the spiritual truth, the material truth of God, and therefore the consolation prize of truth about their world, the world in which we live now? And I also want to go through some of the fun instances of this, but there is, and we'll go into this very deeply, <laughs> there is a piece of work that one of the one of the guys at National Review put together. This took a lot of work. His name is Nate Hotchman. Um, I don't know Nate. Robert Novak, fellow at... Um, at the NRO and Claremont Institute. So it strikes me as a bit of a shiny shoe, but it's unfair for me to judge. I've never met him. But it seems to me that he's trying to attack a woman, not attack, that's the wrong word, but he's trying to ruin a woman's career because she has made it onto CNN as a paid contributor, posing as someone who was against Trump. But she spent her career being for Trump when it was when that was useful. That's one of the ways you get into media if you're a Republican. But let me start here with some of the stuff that it's still it's still not the world shattering, you know, speak the, the truth of God into this situation. But it is hilarious. Does everyone remember when um, Wolf Blitzer and everyone else decided that Marco Rubio's political career was over because he sipped water? So can a drink of water make or break a political career or a U.S. senator, possible presidential candidate? Going to find out uh, whether he likes it or not. A social media frenzy started when the senator made an awkward pause. That it is, there it is right there to take a sip of water. That's Tim Graham uh, at Newsbusters who is, is one of the most genuine and nice people uh, in conservative media. He spotted that. And um, th what he's talking about is he said, I suspect that Wolf Blitzer will not be using this, um, th this, this, this moment uh, to go after Biden. He wrote, I suspect Wolf Blitzer will use this like he suggested Marco Rubio was ending his career with a sip of water. This is the figurehead. Uh, he's giving a speech. He's trying to give a speech. He's trying to read words from a teleprompter. And this happens. And uh, I had a terrible headache. <laughs> Excuse me, a terrible headache. Gulp, gulp, gulp and, water. Uh, gulp. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, look, I hope he's okay. I mean, it's, it's, I have the indignities of age too. I get hairs at my, you get these hairs in your nose. Uh, yeah, I got the hair trimmer, the nose trimmer thing, but I need a lawnmower. I, 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 I also, there's a whole bunch of indignities of age. I won't talk about in the podcast because why drag you through stuff? You're later going to have to go try to remove from your brain, but of course they're not going to use that against the figurehead. So sometimes it's just funny things like that, but other times it's so very purposeful and it's so very programmatic. You'll remember the Uvalde shooting and the discussions after that. And I started to go through and, and put together media clips from this and it just made me angry. And today I didn't want to be angry. You know, today I didn't. I, I don't know about you, but for me, one of the ways the devil gets to me is anger or hopelessness. He does. That's one of the ways he gets to me. It's hopeless. Because this is one of the things that if you study the Bible to get a worldview, you will understand some of the ways that the enemy works. I mean, the obvious stuff is sex and greed, and that's very effective. Let's not lie to each other. That's very effective. Please don't lie to yourself. 
But so is anger and, and despondency. It's super good tools. And it's, it, it doesn't even necessarily mean that you start hating people. But what it can do is move between you and God, where your mind could be on God, on God's word. It could be in your study. It could be in responding to things in a godly way. But when he's got you spun up in anger, now he has anger between you and God. And your anger can become an icon. There are people whose anger is an icon. Icon doesn't have to be something you consciously worship. It can be something and is something, actually is something that comes between you and God. If your mind is on a thing all day long and far more than God, that thing might be becoming an icon for you. And it could be, you know, the enemy whispering it in your ear and broadcasting it to you and and having you spend all this time mentally psyching on it. So today I choose not to be angry. Today, instead, I choose to be reflective and sort of have some fun at looking at the formulaic ways that people can become Mockingbird Media members. But as I said, some of it's very serious, as we talked about yesterday. You could have a story like this, which is of, I mean, it's important because it's life-saving. It's important because it's a narrative buster. This is the Greenwood police chief. This, this, this shooting that um, was stopped at a mall in Greenwood, Indiana of a listener who was there. He was across he was across the way when the shooting occurred. And thank thank God he's okay. He sent me a he sent me a direct message on Twitter saying I was just across the way when this occurred. I'll let you know if I know anything. So thank thank the good Lord he's okay. But this is an example of how you maintain this unanimity in the media um, and how you were maintain darling status is you ignore happenings like this where a citizen went and stopped this. And it runs counter narrative to Uvalde because when I went through to grab the Uvalde audio, I heard this. This proves the, this, this proves the fallacy of a good guy with a gun. I heard this a hundred times. If 40 cops with guns can't stop one shooter, what's some clown with a shotgun going to do? Well, in that case, save lives. This, this absolutely destroys the theory of a good guy with a gun. There were former Republicans who said this. There were people who've played the game to become now CNN Republicans or MSNBC Republicans saying this proves that no one needs assault weapons, this so-called assault weapons. This proves the fallacy that there's concealed carry people ready to help you. And there were countless examples of this. You, you remember it too, Uvalde. Well, God bless um, police chief James Eisen of the Greenwood Police Department and the local media who did allow this to run on their air. He describes a good Samaritan doing what you would hope you would do or I would do. I would hope I could do in a circumstance like this. Um, I did watch the video, the surveillance video, which captured um, pretty much the entire incident. I will say um, his actions were nothing short of heroic um, he engaged the, the gunman from quite a distance with a handgun, uh, was very proficient in that, very tactically sound. And as he moved to uh, close in on the suspect, he was also motioning for people to exit behind him. Um, he has, to our knowledge, uh, he has no police training and no uh, military background. Well, but he probably has training. And the chief didn't say he didn't, but you maintain 
darling status by taking the very, very important things of the party. And that's where you change. Watch, watch MSNBC Republicans. What do they speak about as Republicans? What are they conservative about? Tax rates? Regulation? To some degree, very careful degrees, abortion. What are they not? What do they not Republican on? They don't Republican on the right to self-defense. You'll hear them phrase it as hunting and target shooting and, and the rights to this, but they will always say, of course, we need to have reasonable controls on what weapons people can buy. Of course we do. And I break with my conservative colleagues that way. I just, and they'll always say it that way on these sacred issues. That's part of becoming this darling. And then there's these cases like this woman who just completely flipped everything. And it leaves you asking, did she ever have any principles? And this goes to the core of media. This goes to the core. Sometimes you can sniff someone out who has no principles. And Americans, well, not just Americans, human beings are actually pretty good at this. You'll notice some catchphrases when you're talking to someone and they'll say something like to you, you know, I'm going to be just absolutely honest with you. Let me just be, I'm just going to be totally honest right here. Let me just be honest. And you'll feel something in the back of your neck, like, wait a minute, why are you putting such an emphasis on you're going to be honest? Or I really want to be honest with you. So let me just be honest. It's because your own programming, your own programming is telling you if you have to insist that you have to be honest with me, I'm asking you why I can't just sense the honesty from you. Let's go back to the basis. You know them by their fruits. Thou shalt not lie. You'll know them by their fruits. See, God programmed this in, into us, this uh, ability to sense lies and deception because when he cast Adam and Eve out of the garden, he didn't want them to go out and be destroyed. He wouldn't have cloaked them. He, he, he put shawls on them. He, he harvested the first animal and he clothed them. He didn't want them to fail. He didn't take away their senses. He gave that all to us. People are sensing in the media that these people are, are bought and paid for liars. If we sit and say, triple down on conservative media, get more active on Twitter, with what? How about with the blatant truth? America's in a cytokine storm of sin problem, of people chasing their fleshly desires, or of people at the World Economic Forum. You know what they're trying to do is they're trying to construct their version of heaven. What does that mean? Only 500, only 500 million people in the world, in the world, only 500 million people, but they'll be part of those people. And people only eat the right foods. Who decides? They do. And anybody can be anything with the magic of pharma. Who decides who gets to do that? They do. If we go to God's word and we talk about God's word in relation to this, or on something as simple as telling the truth, or on something as simple and understandable as the Ten Commandments, do you understand how much better your life would be if you led your life by the Ten Commandments? 
if we simply repeated this for people and said to them, you understand that if, if people didn't sin, the world would be a better place. Here's the sins that people create. Here's the sins that people, that people harbor and fester and grow and support and feed. And here's what they do. And here's the fruits of these sins. Some of the fruits of these sins are these sort of mass shootings. Some of the fruits of these sins are liars being rewarded to lie on TV, both with our money in the form of government spokes liars and with our attention in the form of, of news liars. So there's instances like that, which are, you could say it's a smallish story. It's not small to the people who went through it and whose lives were saved. That's not small. It's not small to the guy who was forced to, you know, engage a shooter. It's not small to them. But then there's big, huge stories that are so important. It can go to the very question of who is Joe Biden. Remember when we asked that question, who is Joe Biden? Hey, when we started this program, I made you a promise that we would be very transparent when it came to our finances and selling things on this program. I made that promise. And here's some of the things that we promised to do. Um, That is to tithe. And we've been blessed to be able to do that. And I'll also be honest with you. The income in the program in the past couple months, um, given that we did the live event and we were so blessed to have many people come to that and sold t-shirts at that, our income was really good. And our income is solid right now. Um, And so I actually have more money to give to the church and I'm blessed in that. And we're all blessed that way. The other thing I've been honest about and promised to be honest was cost structure. You know, our cost structure is coming down a bit. That's really good news. And then there's also this though. We maintain some things here that maybe other podcasts don't. We go through an enormous effort to try to make the sound quality of the podcast as solid as it possibly can be. So we pay for that. We pay to make sure that the podcast is out every morning at 5 a.m. And we pay for a lot of metrics on that. So there's a lot that we do there. Now, I say this all to let you know that we did introduce the t-shirts at the ToddHermanShow.com because there's another promise that we made. This is a tough one and it's controversial with the team. It really, really is. I can't stand broadcasting my name without God's name going first. And I made myself a promise when um, I started to really awaken to the need to be closer to the Lord. I said, the first words I always utter on any radio show will be in honor of God. He will always lead the show. Hence, this is the day the Lord has made. So when we created these t-shirts, we had a long discussion with the team about where does the name of the show go? And I've had now people write to me saying, hey, I went to the ToddHermanShow.com. I bought the t-shirts. Do you promise the name of the show is on them somewhere? It is. It's on the back. It's on the back. But I personally love the designs, the two separate designs of the lion and where it says, the only knee we take is to the Lord. I'll be transparent with you on this as well. These shirts cost you 29 bucks. They cost me 19. So I'll write the check for the 19. You guys write the check for 29. We'll make 10 bucks per shirt. What do we use that for? Well, help pay the underlying costs, help pay me, mortgage and the team, etc. And if you can't afford it, you can't, we're good. But if you can, it's a great way to promote the show. It's a great way to start a conversation. The ToddHermanShow.com. Hit up the store link. This is an incredibly important story, and it goes back to now the seriousness of the media choosing the propaganda of silence. 
And th- this is this goes to the importance of conservative media, because I'm not here to say it's not important. It's vitally important, uh, particularly, though, when it can be grounded in the word of God. Because I will say this again, there is no such thing as um, the secular world. There's no such thing as a social issue. You cannot be a social conservative or probably a, a, a social, a fiscal conservative and a social liberal can't be done. We have a nation full of angry sex, did uh, angry, racist, sex addled little pharma addicts. You cannot have a conservative society. So you have to be conservative, but you can't even have conservatism in all honesty without respect for God. Can't be done. I'll explain why. If you're going to have small government and as a conservative, small government without respect for God, what does small mean? Now think about it. What does it mean? Well, you know, government doesn't do too much. How much? How much is too much? Well, you're saying that God decides that? Yes. I'm saying that if you have leaders who are Christian leaders, good godly leaders who come from a worldview that is biblical, yes. How? Well, they can look biblically and say, wait a minute, are we paying a lot of people to not work? Because the Bible says those who will not work will not eat. So are we sure that we're only providing government support to people who cannot work? Or are we turning our back on God's law and providing money to people who absolutely refuse to work? Because one is blessing the least of these, albeit in a less efficient means than charity and a less and a less love filled mean than charity. The other is simply is simply paying for a, a sort of sin of sloth. And hence, you can get to limited governance, uh, right to life. Why? Well, because God gave you the right. So not only can you not be a fiscal conservative and a social liberal, I don't know that you can be a non-Christian conservative. I, well, I mean, I guess you could be a Jewish conservative. Well, for that matter, you could be a Muslim conservative and say that, you know, oh, so um, Muhammad, he decided, so, you know, we're making this law that if someone turns their back on the faith, you bash their head against a rock, stuff like that. I don't know that that's conservative because it's pretty big government that, hey, you know, you turned your back on the face, so we got to bash your head against a rock, but we'll do it gently until you're dead. So there are, there are differences between the faith, faiths. So that's a long way of saying that, yes, conservative media is important, but I would love to see more of it grounded in faith. And this speaking of conservative media comes from the Federalists, which I'm continuing to find more and more important reading. Uh, and this particular piece is by Olivia Hashkek. Uh, you know what? In, speaking of indignities of age, I can't see things. Representative Jim Banks and Senator Chuck Grassley demanded Thursday that General Mark Miley finally respond to allegations that he usurped presidential power over the military while he was President Donald Trump's principal military advisor. Bob Woodward and Robert Costa raised the allegations in their 2021 book, Peril. And according to the lawmakers, Milley, pardon me, General Milley, still has not confirmed nor denied them. According to the Bob Woodward book, Peril, 
General Mark Milley directed senior officers to not follow the president's orders unless General Milley approved them first, Banks said in a speech on the House floor last Thursday. Grassley said in a speech the same day that Milley's allegations strike at the heart of our democracy, civilian control over the military, adding that if the allegations are true, the actions would have been unlawful. He may have stepped out of his lane as the president's principal military advisor and ended the statutory chain of command where law doesn't allow him to go, Grassley said. By law, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff has no command authority. So they're going after General Whiterage. General Whiterage is an, is an absolute, absolute godless disgrace in my judgment. I'll tell you why. This is a guy who testified that he's white and he wants to know about right, white rage. He thinks it's a very, very serious thing. He hasn't read about it. But it's, he knows it's serious. You can't know something serious if you haven't read about it, general. Secondly, you're the general of all people, white and otherwise. And if there's white rage, there's black rage, but you'll never say that because you're coward. If there's black rage, there's Hispanic rage or yellow rage or I don't know what color are Hispanics. Can someone call the New York Times? When someone's a white Hispanic, is that slightly beige? What is that? What? Oh, tan with a glow. Okay, tan with a glow. So this is a vitally important story because it goes to the question of who is Joe Biden? Because at that moment in time, if this is a true allegation about Millie, this, this disgraced general, then he was commander in chief if it came to attacking China. He was commander in chief, which goes again to monumental lies. And once again, it goes to a, a need for biblical order. You have a responsibility in your job to do the job like it's in service of the Lord. Want to know why? Because it's in service of the Lord. One of the greatest running myths that's been created, and it is brilliant, and we talked about this over a decade ago. We started to talk about the left changing the right to religious freedom to the right to worship. Remember this? Obama was the best at this. Absolutely brilliant. You know, people say we're trying to take away people's right to worship. You know, houses of worship... Uh, people should be allowed in, in, in their houses of worship to, to, to worship as their conscience uh, uh, allows. Uh, and, and it's part of my Muslim faith. Uh, what? Pardon me? Uh, pardon me. Part of my Christian faith? Uh, it very, it's very important to me. Uh, Reverend Wright, who I've never met. It was a brilliant trick. And it works because of the compliant media. Yeah, it's the right to worship. Oh, sure, you can go into a little box, drop down to your knee and, and, and knees and, and say all sorts of cool things to the tooth fairy in the sky and, and ask for a new motorbike or maybe one of those cool lamps made out of a lady's leg. Those are great. But no, walking around in public at your job? And I'm not saying that our jobs need to be the place that we go uh, proselytize because it's probably not going to work. But Millie has a duty, if he were biblically aware, biblically alert, biblically observant, to treat his job as if he's in service to the Lord. And unless his boss, 
gives him an ungodly command that goes against the word of God or what he feels is the word of God because God gives us a conscience, then you carry those things out. You know, the consequence of this is there are, if we ever got an opportunity to go back to a radio network, I could never go somewhere where they had any, 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 any ever suggestion that they wanted to have any control on my speech. I couldn't do it. Because those things turn into, there's a lie we need you to tell. I'm not going to be in that position. I'm not going to be in a position where an employer says, you're going to get shot up with a poison that is not a vaccine and you're going to inject a lie into your body. But if I go to work for an employer and let's say that we took this podcast and expanded it into a radio show and that radio radio network came along and said, hey, you know what? Instead of just a weekend show, we want you to do a weekday show. Okay, well, let's talk about money. That's a lot more work. What do we do with the podcast? I'm not going to lose the podcast audience. That's business. Millie did not have the right as a godly man, were he, and I don't, I can't believe he is, to go around this boss in that way, to steal that authority because he's stealing it from the people, but he's also stealing it from God because God allowed Donald Trump to be in that position. Now, if President Trump had come along and said, murder everybody, well, then Millie'd be able to say, wait a minute, thou shalt not murder. No. Difference is enormous. There is a way to become a mockingbird media darling. Now we're going to dig into this. And this is great work by this guy at National Review. So I just had a bunch, and I mean a bunch, of the soda weight loss bars. I got a little bit behind on my eating today. (laughs) And this is sort of an ongoing thing with my wife and I. I happen to think soda weight loss has the best supplement bars in the business. It's just me. You know, and I've lost 150 pounds. I've kept that off. And one of the things I've learned over this process, because it, it didn't, for me, it was really quick. It was like 12 weeks. And that was because I'm a gym rat fanatic to at that time I was doing two or three workouts a day um, and also being very, 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 very compliant with the program. And soda's program is so easy to be compliant with soda weight loss at sodaweightloss.com because they give you the food. They design an eating plan with you. They don't send it to you. Hey, here's an eating plan. No, because they don't know what your eating plan is going to be because they haven't met you. They're not going to create the eating plan until they chat with you and you chat with a nutritionist. Right. And then they'll come up with the eating plan and they don't, then they need to know your travel habits and your gym habits and your trigger foods and, and your current uh, amount of fat on your body, because that's what they're after dropping. They do not want to drop muscle and they don't. And then they'll tell you, Hey, we think that you're going to drop two and a half to three and a half pounds of unwanted fat per week. That will equal this much money in investing in your health. That's so solid. That's how you know they're good at it. Because they're, they're, they're putting it out there. This is what our plan is going to do for you if you follow the plan. Now, if you follow the plan and you're not getting the, the fat loss or you're getting too much fat loss, they'll make changes. So here's kind of the thing that goes on with my wife and I is I love the soda weight loss bars. I just ate a bunch of them because I got behind on my calories. One of the things I've learned is this way to listen to our bodies. Because I promise you, if you're like me, and you've got 150 pounds of unwanted fat on your body like I had, you can't hear your body anymore. I, I promise you, you don't know hunger from thirst. You don't know thirst and hunger from stress. 
and the satiation portions of our brains are all askew. After soda weight loss in that program and the fat's gone, you'll be able to listen to your body on days like this. Join us. My loved ones are in it. My wife, my loved one, family members, podcast family at sodaweightloss.com. Stands for state-of-the-art, sodaweightloss.com. All right, so a guy at uh, National Review uh, drew my attention and he put together a pretty, pretty uh, amazing Twitter thread about a woman who decided that she wanted to become a paid CNN contributor. And he, um, in all honesty, kind of takes her career apart. Uh, her name, and I, I, this is the first time I've heard of her, Alyssa Farah Griffith. And, oh, well, never mind. I was going to say I have concerns about her, but she's got a Ukraine flag in her profile. So she's a good person. You can tell because there's a Ukraine flag. And that means that she's good, solid. Uh, plus a blue check. Uh, she has gone through an amazing transformation. Rush used to talk about this. God rest. Remember Rush's theory of the strange new respect? Do you remember that theory? You know, you have these Republicans uh, chasing the, the, the John McCain strange new respect syndrome. And, and you people, this is how this works. Uh, during a campaign, uh, a, 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 a liberal Republican like a Mitt Romney uh, gets a, a, a strange new respect from the mockingbirds. That's a Herman phrase. I say drive-by media. And that lasts as long as the primary election. <laughs> and then the mockingbirds, are, the, the drive-by goes right back to they're going to kill mom and dad and give people cancer. It's a strange new respect theory. For me, it's evolution. Forced evolution. I need to evolve. I need to evolve. The way this happens, because I've seen it only roughly a gajillion times, is you start with one little thing and you change that one little thing. You change that one little principle. And I've seen it countless times with people who go pursue this at TV networks. I worked for years from, well, a year and a half for Michael Steele. You know that. Um, Michael, at that time, I think was firmly conservative. Uh, and here's why I, I really believe that. It's because I had private talks with him. I had private talks with him about race, about Obamacare, um, about socialism, about communism. Um, and, and he was so passionate at that moment. Now, unless he was deeply concerned with selling me and why he and I eventually got to a point where he would allow me alone in a room with him. That's, that's hard to get to that point in politics because they always want to have a third person there in case there's an allegation made. But I, I gained the status with steel where we would, you know, we could talk sometimes. In fact, I just knock on his door and say, Hey, chairman can chat with you for a second. I watched it when he got to MSNBC and he came there with a great deal of bitterness. And that's his story to tell one day. And to be honest with you, Michael Steele has a great deal of reason to be bitter at the party. They screwed him big time. When he was at the RNC, they screwed him. Pardon the language. But Michael had at that time what seemed to be principles. And then, so I was kind of excited. Okay, my former boss is, maybe he's going to take it to him. Maybe he's going to get on MSNBC. He's going to take it to him. And for a little while, he did. And he didn't get as much camera time. 
And then you take that one issue and that one issue you soften and you struggle. You sit there, man, can I do this? <sighs> can I do this? And you're up all night. Okay, I've, I know I've got to do this. I know I've got to be able to take a liberal position on this. And you convince yourself, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it for this just because then I can, I can spend more time being conservative. I'll just on this one thing. And it goes right back to what I've always told my staff in DC. The first trick you turn is the hardest. After a while, you get in the car and you let the John drive. That's just the way life works. When you take bribes or you change your position, which goes to biblical standards. It goes to biblical standards. I mean, we're all going to have temptation in life. And when you can go back and just consult your own mind, man, I've got this great job opportunity, but it's at Moderna. They want me to write code for them. And, and I know that they're poisoning people. I know they've killed people with these injections, but it's a million dollars a year. And they're going to bonus me. Uh, after, after eight years, I get a one-year sabbatical. I'll just do it for three years. I can have $3 million. I'll do it for three years. I, I'm just coding. I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not writing. I'm not doing any pharma. I'm, I'm doing IT security. That's it. So, yeah, yeah, it's just IT security. I mean, it'd be worse if, if China got in touch with this stuff. Never mind that China's actually making this meds. Did you know that? Did you know that? We'll talk about this later this week. The Chinese Communist Party is producing a lot of this garbage on our, on our shores, incidentally. And so you make the turn. And then you start convincing yourself that the turn was right. And then what happens if you sailed so far, you have sailed so far from where you were that you can't get back. When you have the word of God, and you sit down in a prayerful discussion with yourself, I've been offered all this money. Okay, so treasures on earth. What about your father in heaven? So the million bucks you earn here versus eternity. Oh, that's right. Or the sweet young thing. At wherever you go, you go to work, you, you stop for a beer and the sweet young thing likes to flirt with you. And so you flirt with the sweet young thing and it goes nowhere and it's just flirting. And then you go home and on the way home, you're thinking about the sweet young thing. And it never goes anywhere, except in your mind, you've committed how many sins on the way home. And then you walk home to your wife and kids and you walk in the room and you've been sinning all the way home. Now, you don't think Satan walks in the door with you? He's right next to you. You're sitting there at the dinner table and your wife says something and you think, man, that, I wonder if that girl at the bar cooks. But it's just thoughts. Just thoughts. So I've seen it only about a gajillion times with people like this. Alyssa Farr, and this is Nate Hotchman who put this together. I'm going to say that a couple of times because it's a lot of work. So she used to be, Nate Hotchman, uh, pardon me, uh, Alyssa used to be a great big fan of President Trump. The first time that I met the president, I was working for the vice president, Mike Pence. Um, I was so nervous. I, he came into a Roosevelt room meeting that the vice president was leading, and he turned to me and said, hi, Smiley. 
I guarantee he does not remember that to this day, but I was smiling so wide because I was just excited to see him. Um, but now I've gotten to spend quite a bit of time with him. It's, I, I remember this every day as I walk on a campus just to stop say a quick prayer of thank you and gratitude that I get to be there and that I get to serve this particular president. Um, he's, he's a remarkable man. The more time you spend with him behind closed doors, the more you understand what makes him such a strong leader for our nation. Okay, so she says those things then and she says them very well and she's on camera. Now, this is me supposing and this is me putting a bunch of uh, logs in her eyes and, and then counting my specs when it's probably the other way around. She probably has specs in her eyes. I probably got, you know, a forest of trees sticking out of my face. But this is what she said later uh, about or earlier about President Trump is that she said that, that she is um, she was under no illusions uh, about President Trump. How do you do that? So I did. <laughs> right. I, I mean, no, it's I'm a sure fair people, point. It's a, it's a fair question. I mean, you know who this person is. Yeah. He's the person that is grabbing by the you know what. Well, and you're working for him. I didn't have any illusions about who the president was. So I was I should go back further. I was Vice President Pence's press secretary for two years. So I was tangentially working with the Trump White House, different building, but serving a very different man. Well, you're not working for Darth Vader, but you're a stormtrooper. <laughs> It's actually very well said. Um, yeah, when someone insults you and you say that's actually very well said and you laugh, that's a laugh of discomfort. I mean, it's a clever line. It's give give what's her name on MSNBC credit. It's a clever line, really clever line. Well, when someone says that to you, it's because there's no comeback. When some, pardon me, when someone says that to you, do you say that's actually really clever? There's there's no comeback. You know, someone pushes you up against a wall and you go, you're pretty strong. You're, you're dead. It's over. You lost the fight. Now, again, I don't know this lady's soul, but I've seen this a gajillion times with people who take jobs in politics. And I'll give you other instances. <laughs> there was a woman I knew who worked in uh, Washington, D.C., and I knew her to be a very conservative woman and had been a Republican staffer, worked on the Hill for Republicans. Um, I'd seen her car, it had, now Washington DC, you don't do a lot of bumper strips because it gives the game away, but she was one of the few people who had some conservative bumper strips on the car. Um, in her office, because we worked next to each other and with each other a lot, I'd seen the books in her office, she was solid. Well, she got an assignment that didn't, it wasn't for Planned Parenthood, mind you. But Planned Parenthood was paying. She works at Planned Parenthood now. She evolved. So you go back to biblical grounding. This goes back to this media thing. This goes back to people not trusting the media. We can jump in and quadruple down on conservative media. We can do that. But if we don't double down and triple down on the word of God as the foundation, when that woman went to work at Planned Parenthood, I, I didn't know her. I just, you know, people sent me notes later saying, you won't believe this. this. This woman went to work at Planned Parenthood. And I've seen it a thousand times and I know how it started. Well, I'm not really promoting abortion in this case. Planned Parenthood is working on some family things. and I support this effort. And then she did a really good job. Want to know why? Because she's brilliant. She's one of the greatest strategists that there is in politics. 
And someone from Planned Parenthood said, man, this this woman is so good at her job. And they went to her and said, what would you say about $550,000 a year to start, a, you know, a $150,000 signing bonus? By the way, we noticed that you live in a not a very nice area of town. What would you think about a housing allowance to be able to move in here and live in Georgetown? How would that work for you? Plus a car. Well, for me, Satan gets at me through anger and despondency. For other people, it's greed. In a world of lies where our friends and neighbors are sensing the lies and they don't trust the media anymore, we could go to them and show them all the COVID truth in the world. Have you had that experience? But you're on your fifth booster and you're still getting COVID. Uh, I don't watch Fawn News. I don't watch Fawn News. I'm keeping myself safe. My mask saves you. Your mask saves me. The sixth booster is the magic booster. That's what Deborah or Rochelle Walensky's. You can't, you can't fact them back. You can't fact them back. But if we bring the word of God into this and they start to look at this and say, wow, these people are liars. Who is the father of lies? So it happens that this woman used to think that we needed to worry about rigged elections, did she? On that point, what is the GOP doing to ensure fair elections in January? What are well, they doing, Melissa? Sandra, and thanks for having me. Yes. So the Georgia Republican Party has been taking efforts. They have efforts underway to ensure that we have signature verification, that we have poll watchers. But what we're really trying to convey to voters, and listen, understanding that millions of Americans have concerns about irregularities and fraud that we have seen that we saw in the 2020 elections. But what we're conveying to Georgia voters is if you care about if you don't want a rigged election, you absolutely have to get out and vote. You ensure a Democrat victory if you don't get out and vote. We are taking measures. We have them in place. We should be able to trust the results of this election. But the most important thing here and now is that Georgia Republicans get out and vote. That's a professional Republican. What do you do for a living? I Republican. What, where do you Republican? Well, at that time, I was Republicaning for, for Donald Trump. Now I am Republicaning for CNN. But you're still a Republican. Absolutely. Just a different flavor of Republican, a far different flavor of Republican. That to me is, is a Republican who has spoken out since I, I resigned before January 6th, the mm -hmm. month prior, but who has consistently said it was not stolen. Really? We lost. Huh. This is like we cannot be spreading these lies to the American people. It astounds me that there are so few of us. It's a small group of mostly women, by the way, who have come together and spoken out and are telling the truth now. And the men around them aren't doing it. And the elected officials in Congress who know that it wasn't stolen aren't saying anything. No. And notice that she gets the game so well to say it's mostly women, by the way. Well, I mean, I didn't say she wasn't good at Republicaning. She's really good at Republicaning. And then we get to January 6th. Well, you don't get to be a Republican on CNN or MSNBC or most other places unless your name is Tucker and your last name is Carlson and you're the founder of the Daily Caller and you make really funny faces when people say stupid things on your show. In that case, yes, you can question Jan 6 as, as, as Tucker has done in the most important show on television, which incidentally, Tucker from time to time invokes the word of God. Notice this. So we get to January 6th and our professional Republican 
has a very quick bit of Darwinian evolution. I also think the country needs to move on from this moment. Mm -hmm. I don't think that we benefit from relitigating over and over what happened that day. We Mm -hmm. need to be moving forward, dealing with the pandemic, getting help to the American people. A few minutes later. (laughs) We are just acting like this is kind of normal. It's like we're sort of glossing over January 6th and moving on. And we absolutely shouldn't. Um, The committee is working on it. I I hope that they get to the bottom of it. I know they're taking a very serious, steady approach, but it's devastating. And (laughs) (laughs) I've seen it a gajillion times. And my point of all of this today is, yeah, sometimes the bias is funny. Sometimes it's deadly serious. Sometimes it's infuriating and murderous like the propaganda of silence around the COVID deaths and the killing of people with these injections. Those things are monumental and they're ungodly. And so are the tiny lies. And just as God programmed into us a need to be together, It is not good that man is alone. Just as God programmed into us a need to find him. And then said, seek and ye shall find. Knock and I will enter. Just as he programmed all of that into us, he also programmed into us the ability to look at people and go, you know what? You're lying to me. And that's what's happening. And that's what our neighbors are saying. And have you ever been in that situation where you can't trust anybody? I have. Towards the end of things at the Republican National Committee, there was one person. No, that's not true because there were people on my staff. There were three people out of a building of 200 whom I knew I could trust. And it took an intern to come to me and tell me, hey, you know what? My boss is not your friend. Thank you for telling me that. Todd, she's trying to end you. All right. Thank you for telling me that. I didn't know. Now I know. People are saying, who can we trust? We need to be the trustworthy ones. We need to show that we stand on a solid foundation by standing on one. We need to live like children of God so people can say, how is it that as this stuff is falling down, you're okay? I have a dear family member who sometimes says to me, you're strong. And I want to be strong. And I constantly tell her, no, it's not strength. It's weakness. For in our weakness, we have the opportunity to get God's strength. Sometimes strength is we need help. Sometimes strength is, hey, I'm not good. I need help. A nation is saying we need truth tellers. We who have taken the need of Christ, we have a direct line to truth. Sometime in the future, we'll sit at the judgment throne. And the Lord will say, when people sought truth, you brought them a remote control. Was there anything else you could have brought them? This is the Todd Herman Show. We do appreciate your support. Two best ways to do that, to work with our partners and to share the show using the share button in your podcast app. Now, please go be well, be strong, be kind, and yes, live.
like people who are children of God. 